Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stonebridge Extras podcast. I am Pastor John, and on this podcast, we try to take a deeper dive into whatever the theme of the week is. And this week, we're looking at restoration. In our sermon at Stonebridge Community Church, we focus on the scene in John 21 where Jesus restores his relationship to Peter. And we focus on this idea of restoration and God's restoration and what it looks like. Now, this idea of God's restoration, I think we talk about it a lot, but it can become very abstract very quickly. And restoration can start to just be a hollow word that doesn't have a lot of concrete meaning for us. It's hard to really point to what really is restoration in our lives. And I think the other issue with restoration is that we are left with a question oftentimes, what does it actually include in my life? What specifically, concretely, is going to be restored in my life? With this idea of restoration, it can be a concept so often that we start to lose sight of what it actually means for our lives. I want to take you through in this podcast some thoughts that have helped me in my own life to connect restoration to very specific events in my life. And I want to share with you a theological idea from a, a theologian that has really helped me to frame different events in my life so that I can start to imagine restoration in them. But in order to do all of that and to explain that, you have to know a little bit more about my history and my story than I think many of you know. Adolescence for me was a pretty difficult time. I, I've preached about it, and just last week I talked about how high school was difficult for, for one reason, but there were a lot of other reasons it was difficult also. In later adolescence, I guess actually mid to late adolescence, I had a series of events that completely changed the direction of my life. Each one of them on their own would have changed the direction of my life. But I had three within a matter of a few years. So when I was around 16 years old, maybe 16 and a half or so, my parents sat me down and they told me that they were going to get divorced and that my dad was going to be moving out. Now, anytime there is divorce, it's just a destabilizing moment. Whatever the circumstances, whatever the cause, it is just something that it just destabilizes everything, particularly in adolescence. Um, it can be a very jarring moment. So my dad, he did move out. But then about a year later, after my parents had told me that my dad was moving out, they were going to get divorced. Um, about a year after that, I had a friend in high school who made the tragic decision to take his own life. And as you can imagine, that's just one of those things that you can't even put words to the effect it has on your life. Um, it was an incredibly difficult moment and experience. And then it was about seven months after that that I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And I've shared a bit about that in my sermons um, that I have an autoimmune disease called rheumatoid arthritis. And it was about seven months after my friend had made that decision to end his life that I was diagnosed with this disease. So all of that took place 
within a matter of a couple of years at the formative time in life. As you can imagine, I experienced uh, a bout of anxiety and um, some very intense grief um, in the years after those events. And then in my early 20s, I really started asking myself the question that is driving this podcast today. What is God's restoration? What does it actually look like? And how far does it extend in my life? Those painful events, how does God's restoration break into those? What does that look like? And it was in the midst of searching and asking these questions that I came across a theologian by the name of Jürgen Moltmann. Now, I want to just pause. Jürgen Moltmann, he's a German. I just want to pause and make a note here. I know that I quote European theologians quite a bit. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't think theologians from other continents, from North America or South America or Africa or Asia, it doesn't mean that I don't think that they have uh, contributions to offer. They, they do. They obviously do. It just so happened that when I was dealing with some of the most difficult things in my life and asking the questions, I was reading European theologians and their writing connected with me in a different way. And there's an emotional attachment there because of those experiences. So Jürgen Moltmann was a theologian that I came across, specifically his book, which is entitled The Crucified God. And I started reading this book because it was about the idea of God suffering. In this book, Jürgen Moltmann uses a Trinitarian understanding of God to explain the cross and what happened on the cross. In the Trinity, there is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons, all equally God, who all constitute God. But there on the cross, one of the persons of the Trinity, the Son, Jesus of Nazareth, cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Moltmann looks at that through a Trinitarian perspective, recognizing that one of the persons of the Trinity claimed to be forsaken by another person in the Trinity. And for Moltmann, this idea, this, this disconnect within the Trinity, it creates an opening for God to experience suffering and pain. Now, before I read this book, I had bought into the idea that God doesn't feel any sort of pain, that God is above pain, and that maybe Jesus suffered physically, but that's, that's different, that's in a different category. But what, you, what Moltmann points out and illuminates and, and pulls out of the biblical text is that the, the metaphor that is used is father-son, and God is the perfect father. God is the all-loving father. And Moltmann says that if that is the metaphor that scripture uses, how could a father look at a son being forsaken and expressing that forsakenness and not feel pain? According to Moltmann, there's no way that a God who is represented as an all-loving father would be passive in that moment and not experiencing the pain of the son suffering. So for us to think that God doesn't suffer, that God doesn't um, experience the pain that we experience, that's just not the way the Bible depicts God. And I think Moltmann is correct in that. 
Mormon also talks about how God has this emotional relationship with Israel and is affected by Israel. And this is not a passive God that we worship. This is not a God who doesn't understand our pain and our suffering. Hebrews even talks about that. But for whatever reason, oftentimes we end up defaulting to an idea of God that God doesn't understand our pain. And where Moltmann really takes his ideas a step further too, at least the way I read him and understand him, is that when Jesus is suffering there on the cross, it's not just his own suffering that Jesus is experiencing. That there on the cross is all of the suffering of the world. It's all of those events, all of those moments, all of that pain. It's this understanding of the cross that is more than just that our sins are forgiven for us, so now we get to go to heaven. It's an understanding of the cross that says that Jesus took upon himself all of the effects of sin, the pain and suffering that the world experiences are there on the cross with Jesus also. And that that's what God was overcoming. That death and suffering, those are what is overcome in the cross. When I came across that idea, like I told you, I was in this moment of intense grief. I was in this moment of pain. But when I came across that idea, it changed the way that I thought about my own pain, both emotional pain and physical pain. And instead of just thinking about these as events in my life, I began thinking about those events that happened as being there on the cross with Jesus. And that in each and every one of those events, God was experiencing that pain with me. That God was embracing that pain and even bearing the brunt of that pain with me. That God was not passive and that God wasn't just standing to the side, kind of manipulating things and making things all work perfectly, but not really experiencing it. No, God was there in the midst of it with me. And when I embraced that, I realized that when Jesus was resurrected, all of that was overcome as well. That when we talk about God overcoming death in the cross and the resurrection, and when we talk about God overcoming suffering and pain in the cross and the resurrection, that means our pain, our suffering, and the death that we experience, they are all there in that event. That by experiencing that with us, that is part of the process of God working to restore creation and to restore those areas of our lives. So I emphatically began to believe Yes, God is restoring those areas of my life also. Once I embraced that thought, it changed my imagination. I then started looking for signs of that restoration, looking for ways in which God might be restoring that. And maybe it was confirmation bias, but... Ever since then, I've been seeing those signs of restoration. I mean, think about it this way. I was diagnosed with a crippling disease that causes a lot of pain, a lot of physical pain. And there's a whole emotional side to that pain also. But when I understood that Jesus was there experiencing the physical pain that I was experiencing and overcoming that on the cross as well, 
the emotional side of things just changed. So that I started seeing glimpses of restoration in the medicines that I was using, realizing that the Holy Spirit had used doctors and researchers to develop those medicines, and that that was a sign of restoration that could give me a glimpse of what a resurrected body would look like. Now, I don't know what a healthy body feels like. My entire adult life, I've been sick. But through that medication, through the creativity of doctors and researchers, I'm able to get a glimpse of what restoration looks like. And that deepened my hope. So that now, at this point, rheumatoid arthritis, it affects my life, but not emotionally. I live a pretty great life. It doesn't define me, really. And so much of it came back to that idea in Jürgen Moltmann's book, that there on the cross, Jesus had overcome my own physical pain. And when it came to my parents' divorce and that idea of like our family falling apart, well, when I embraced this idea and realized that that emotional pain from that divorce was there on the cross as well, and that that was something that Jesus was overcoming, I started to have more space inside of me to, to reach out and to have relationships with family members. And now I can say that while we don't have perfect relationships, no family has perfect relationships, there are really strong, good, loving relationships within members of my family that we've all reached a place where we can interact, we can have fun, we have a level of, of friendship between us now. Um, and that is, to me, a sign of restoration. It's a glimpse of what restored relationships will look like in the kingdom of God. And it deepens my hope when I think about that and when I reflect on that. Now, I do have to say that this only goes so far. <laughs> there are some parts of our lives that we're not going to get clear glimpses of restoration. And my friend taking his own life, that's one of those. Um, I don't feel like I have a lot of resolution to that. There, there aren't glimpses of restoration that I can see at this point. And I want to be honest about that. However, those glimpses that I see from the other areas of my life, they bolster my hope. So that the hope that I have that God is actually restoring this world and the hope that I get from those other glimpses, it has begun to infect the other area of my life in a really good way. Those memories of my friend, the, the, the painful memories that I have of my friend, my hope has begun to take over those to where I find myself hoping beyond hope that even though I can't see it, God is restoring my friend somehow as well and restoring his life and redeeming his life. It's those little glimpses that I got and that whole perspective and that recognition that there on the cross, even the pain that my friend was experiencing was there with Jesus. And Jesus was in the midst of that working to redeem it and restore my friend. So this idea that Jürgen Moltmann presents, it really did change my faith and my perspective. And it's worked in a kind of series here. 
of, of thoughts that all played into each other. I mean, first, there is the embrace of this idea of the cross, that on the cross, it's more than just our sins being forgiven, but it's God overcoming death and pain and suffering. You embrace that first. Then it's a changing of your imagination to when you think back on those difficult areas of your life. You recognize that in the midst of that, Jesus is at work, that Jesus has felt that pain, that Jesus and God, that the, the, the God we worship in the Bible understands that pain at a deep level, has experienced it, and is overcoming that as well. And then that opens up your imagination even more so that you can start seeing glimpses of restoration and you start seeing maybe Jesus has been at work in ways that I've overlooked. And you start looking for those signs and then once you see them, once you get those glimpses, your hope deepens and it grows until the point that the hope is what takes over. The hope is what ends up driving your life. The pain is still there, but it's wrapped up in that hope. And that hope is what ends up winning out. So God's restoration, that's how it became a lot more concrete for me. It's funny. I mentioned Jürgen Moltmann. Um, I had a chance to thank Jürgen Moltmann. It turned out that somebody I knew was an acquaintance of his and they gave me his home address and I wrote him a letter. Um, you know, it was during the age of email, but all I had was a home address and I knew this would get to him. So I wrote him a letter and very gracefully, he wrote back to me and he just said, thank you for letting him know um, what I had shared. I told him everything that I've told you on this podcast in that letter. And he wrote me back a very gracious letter. I've actually framed that letter. And it's now something that hangs in my office wherever I go as a reminder of God's restoration and that there's no bounds to God's res restoration in our lives. So I mentioned this last piece to just give you all this opportunity. If you find that God's restoration is too abstract, that it's not concrete enough, try to find some sort of physical memento, something that can remind you that God's restoration has actually affected a personal area in your life, a painful area in your life. And use that to remind you of how God is at work. I believe that hope is the most important thing for us as Christians. And there on the cross, Jesus overcame death, and now we can truly have hope. So may we embrace that, and may we be looking for signs of God's restoration in our lives. God bless you all. Have a good week, and I look forward to talking with you next week.